Welcome back to Red Cedar Radar. I'm Sydney. I have two special guests on today. Kind of a new, a big step for me having two guests. I have the co-host of the Can't Read, Can't Write podcast. Um, Kevin and Mike are here joining me to talk about MSU basketball and football today. How are you guys? We're great. Sydney, <laughs> thank you so much for having us. This is exciting. Yeah. And, and on camera now, too. This is... This is a big evolutionary step for us. Like, for you yeah, in particular, I, this is a breakout event, city. Like, I don't do this for just anyone. Oh so wow! I I'm want honored you to understand that this is a big deal, and I hold you in very high regard. Clearly. Did you spend all day getting your camera face ready? Getting my face on. I, I can tell. On different mm -hmm. shirts. Uh, this background, I've repainted this wall because yep. I wasn't happy with the, how the color was showing up before. Mm -hmm. We're, mm -hmm. yeah, it's been a thing, but it's all going to be worth it here. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so first I kind of want to talk a little bit about how you guys got started with your podcast, how that all kind of came about, and kind of what your schedule is for recording if people want to check you guys out. Mm -hmm. I am super fascinated by what Kevin's recollection is of this, because I think this is also a chance to roast one of our uh, friends of the pod, uh, but so I'm, I'm curious... Kevin, what's your recollection of why? My we understanding the is that you were going through a real phase in your life, and <laughs> you, you kept calling me and just talking about Michigan State sports. And then, because at that time you were in New Jersey, which is a single party, that's wrong. You were wherever you were; it was a single party <laughs> reporting state. And you informed me that you had actually recorded our entire conversation, and you were uploading it to the internet uh that day and once i was trapped in that way we started to talk about like what would the brand be who would we be etc what why what's your recollection jonesy <laughs> uh yeah. that spot on um I, I came into the bathroom i whispered <laughs> to get away from my family it's like kevin talks sports with me. no I, I think it was uh it was everyone knows that time of year where like we're ready for football to start and it hasn't. And so there's that um, scrolling the internet for like any fresh content. And there was a realization that the football in particular, less so with basketball, football in particular, the writers know literally as much as we do. Like, and they're all writing the same article because their only access is the, the press conference that, and, and so, um, and then I think in 2018, Graham wrote his, this will be MSU's most prolific offense ever. I think we started sure. in 2018, Sounds didn't right. we? The, the story is better this way. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it, it was, there were, there were so many misses along the way that we're like, clearly any idiot can talk about football. Uh, and so we decided to be idiots and yeah, start so talking Graham, about football. This is like how Batman spawns all of his arch villains. Graham apparently spawned us. Uh, that's our <laughs> origin story. We're we're the Joker. And w when you tweet the episode, please tag him. I was going to say he was my guest last week. So I'll, so if you haven't watched that video, to anyone listening or watching, go ahead and head back to my video from last week and check out these guys' arch rivals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it will be better than this. I like that story. Um, uh, are you both MSU alumni? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When In did fact, you attend? 
Sorry to put you on. Mm, sorry. What is your graduating year, Jonesy? <laughs> sounds better than mine. <laughs> wow. Wow. That That is – you're really going in on the failing yeah, of the yeah, Spanish that one time. I'm using it uh, now for my own benefit. Did you did no, you graduate in like twenty ten that, that one year eleven or twenty fifteen or something like that? Two thousand nine, and we actually okay. lived together in college as well. Okay. And then our third co-host, uh, um, who's not here, Alex Plum, uh, definitely graduated on time <laughs> in 08 and uh, and never lived with him in any capacity. But he he and I uh, knew each other okay. from Chase. Chase, yep. All right. Um, kind of the next thing that I want to get into briefly touch on basketball. As I talked with Graham last week, I'm not quite ready to give up on talking about basketball yet. I'm holding on to that forever, but we have some new updates. Um, Walker and Hall have announced that they're coming back for next season. Can you both kind of give some opinions on what you think about both of them back for next year? I mean, the title of our podcast this week is hundred percent guaranteed national championship. And I think that is, I think that's what we're in store for. I I don't think we even have to play the season. I think it's over at this point. Um, Do the COVID simulation again. That's right. Didn't need to play Cassius's final season either. We could probably just put that banner up any day now. Um, I I think it's exciting. Um, Does Malik Cole come back for a fifth year to come off the bench? is my question. Uh, Sydney, what do you think? Does Malik Hall come back for fifth year just to come off the bench? I don't know. And I feel like the past two years, he hasn't quite been himself. And especially because of the injuries that he's gone through, it's hard for me to know how he likes to play or what he, you know, what he is expecting out of the lineup and out of, you know, his, his last season. Mm -hmm. But you're right though. I wonder if that was part of the conversation between him and Izzo, what he expects as far as starting or not. I imagine that that had to be part of it, but I'm not sure myself. I, I don't know that Hall has particularly ever cared about starting. I mean, that that is the one thing. I don't disagree with Greg's question. I, I, I think that's a valid one. But, um, you know, a big part of the way that Tom Izzo holds people accountable is through playing time. And the person that supposedly has the most talent that's coming in is Xavier Booker, who will need to be held accountable. And it's not like you're dishing those minutes off to another freshman or a sophomore. You, you're, you're holding him accountable with a dude who's proven he can play at that level. Um, I, you know, I, I think the the conversation the fan base is more interested in is how does this affect Jaden Akins with Tyson Walker returning? And, and as much as that's a fair conversation, I don't think that's where that needs to stop. You also have Jeremy Fears, who I'm sure was not recruited with the assumption that Tyson Walker was going to be back. The good news is that Jeremy Fierce is kind of locked in and Tyson's going to be gone by his second year. So like not a big deal, but I'm on the Trey Holloman train. And I think there's, you know, as, as exciting as this injection of talent is and the returning talent, I feel for Trey Holloman here, who probably is the one who maybe is like, where's my place in all of this. And I get, we all want to be all in on a natty as we should, but like, 
what gives us so much pride is ourselves as a program and keeping dudes like Trey Holloman around is integral to the long-term success of Michigan state. And so that's, that's kind of where I am on it. Like, but don't get me wrong. We, I think we talked about it on the pod. Yeah, I take Tyson Walker back sure. in two seconds. Uh, I've, I'm on the tour Vic here. And, uh, in conference games, Jaden Akins played 71% of minutes. So he has a big role on this team. Um, it's not probably – it's probably going to stay there. But if he can – if he can play efficiently, you can still make a big splash and you can still try to go to the league – after playing 71% of minutes in a given season. So I, if I were Tom, I think you can make an argument that would keep him in the program. Yeah. I think it's about how you use him, right? It's, we, we get it, man. You, you want more than what you had this year and that's fair. So I think, I mean, no one really knows, but Izzo just, I mean, just recently, maybe it was even just today. I don't know. My days run together, but um, was kind of answering some questions from the media and he didn't, he didn't lean in the direction of, he doesn't know. He kind of leaned more in the direction of like, yeah, it's set. I don't think there's any more surprise, you know, people leaving. I think he was a little less ambiguous about it with his answers, although not coming straight out, which makes me believe that Akins is kind of set and maybe he has Izzo and Akins have set up a plan to kind of either boost those minutes or ensure that those minutes will get him to where he wants to be in the future. So we'll see about that. I'm curious, but I just have a feeling that he will stick around. Yeah. And I think if Akins goes to the draft, no one should freak out. Like, he, that's the great thing about college basketball versus football. He can go get an evaluation, as he should. Like, he is an NBA talent. It, he would be kind of silly not to do that if he's looking to leave at the end of next year. He should go get that evaluation and now. Izzo has these conversations all the time. Uh, we had heard rumors that Pierre Brooks was out, like, mid-conference season, that there had been discussions, that those things had happened. They were just rumors at that time, uh, but now it's obvious. Like if you look at it, the lineup changed, his demeanor changed. It it seems, it seems likely that we knew those things. So if Izzo's going out, he was eating pizza during he was, the tournament. He was more on interested the in what like the the guys were were serving. You know, in between, you know, up and down the aisles. You know, wants some popcorn or whatever it was, <laughs> candy, some cotton candy. But. Um, yeah, I, I think that I'm with you, Cindy. I think those conversations have been had, and I, I trust Izzo if he's speaking with authority like that. Anything else that you want to say about those new recruits that are coming in for next season? Um, the new freshmen. I got a question okay. for you. I mean, like, so we're essentially returning our yeah. entire lineup, minus Joey, right? for the Which moment. Which is sad. So. Good point. Less wet hay. But my question is, if you're essentially returning your entire lineup plus some freshmen, and I know great class, very excited about the class, elated about the class, but we've suddenly went from a team intact with a ton of minutes that we didn't have natty expectations of and entered some freshmen and now all of a sudden we have natty expectations like do do we think that the team we had this year just needed to mature more 
or like I, I'm I'm a bit confused by that. Where are you on the expectations for this next season? National championship, one hundred percent guaranteed. <laughs> so I always err on the side of you know there's going to be a national championship. That's what I'll lead with first, no matter what. But um, As you I don't should. know when you mention maturity. Something that I've mentioned on the pod before, and if anyone actually listens, they're going to roll their eyes because I've said it a lot of times. Um, something that really needed to happen this year for me was AJ Hogard needed to mature, and he needed to be a better leader and a more consistent leader. And I think. Although there were moments that I was a little bit like, ugh, I'm not sure. He came out at the end of the season kind of where I wanted him to be as far as the leader that this team needed. Whereas Joey was maybe more of a stoic kind of consistent leader. I saw AJ getting on guys more and congratulating guys and kind of being in their face about what they needed to do during the game. And I think him being in that position next year with those new freshmen is going to be important. I think Izzo is a guy that will prioritize players that are going to play their best. And if that's, you know, Trey Holloman and some of those guys that have been through the process for one year, I think that's okay because I think Izzo's process benefits them anyways. But I think having maybe that new competition coming in for some of those guys will be good for Izzo to kind of pick and choose who's going to give it their all and who fits best into his program going forward. That's kind of my thought on it. I don't know, though. I'm in. I like it. I don't really have anything else about basketball. Um, hopefully just no news from Akins and just the season, you know, off season continues. Um, go ahead. And no new injury news. Like right. call all of a sudden last year in a boot yeah. in the middle of the summer. Let's well, I saw, didn't he just have surgery? Yeah. Okay. Good. Get so, it out of the way now. Right. Do it now. Right. This is the time North to do Carolina, it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. I want to move on to football, if you're mm-hmm. ready for that. Let's do um, it. The schedule was released. I want to hear overall predictions and kind of how you feel this season will go compared to last. Um, did Mel Tucker read about game management uh, in the offseason? Uh, if so, that's good for two more games. So I'll take a 50-500-type uh, team. And I'll increase it to eight wins. I got I got eight wins. Sydney, you did great outlining here. We have the uh, we have the season. Central Richmond, Maryland at home, Washington at home, at Rutgers, Michigan, Nebraska. Those are wins. I don't know if that's eight, but those are all wins. That's what I think. Jonesy, we haven't done this exercise. What do you think? Well, you know oh, I'm yeah. 12 and 0. Uh, also guaranteed uh, natty. The so. guaranteed natty applies both for football and basketball. Mm-hmm. Of course. I mean, look, I I will say this that and and there's zero evidence, but the the tone and tenor of the dudes on defense this year is substantially different than it's been the last 2 years. Um, there are, uh, I'm not saying it's going to be elite, but I'm optimistic that the defense will, will actually this year have something to hang their hat on. Um, we return a lot of players who 
are, were relatively speaking dynamic and some young dudes who got meaningful snaps and didn't look like idiots in the time that they played. I mean, they looked young, maybe outsized at times, but like I, I'm, I'm optimistic that this defense will keep us in games this year. And so TBD on, do we have a run game and who's the quarterback? I would also say I mean, you could take everything Jonesy that you just said about the defense and do a find and replace for offensive line. Because uh, it's my understanding that we have one of those at this point. There, there are more than is... two available scholarship offensive line players for the spring game, as I understand it. And none of them are named Force. <laughs> so they might actually play, um, and they might not get uh, you know four personal uh, fouls a game. Um, so those two things are encouraging um, when compared to last season. What do you think, Sydney? Yeah, I mean, something that you mentioned about just like game management in general, I feel like Mel Tucker's still in the process of getting his own guys there. There's still kind of a little bit of a mix and he's still kind of working on recruiting, I would say. Um, but I think those things, the clock management, you know, are things that he can control and things that I would expect that fans, you know, will be upset about if those things aren't rectified for next season, me included in that. Um, so you met, you touched on the QB competition briefly. I want to talk about that a little bit more. I'll just start off with my opinion and you say if you agree or disagree with this. Okay. I think having competition with Peyton Thorne is good for him. And I wouldn't say that going with Peyton Thorne is what I want in the future because I'm still kind of open about that. But I think it may push him to be back at the level he was or the level that kind of was expected of him before. What's your thoughts on that? Jonesy? You are muted. Oh, we lost you, my guy. Uh, I'm going to go with this. Oh, no, I was muted. Uh, I'm going to go with this. Anthony uh, Russo. Uh, apparently did not play that role very well last year. Let's see if Kate Hauser can do it two years ago. Two years oh, so, ago. So that's what it is. And he, we didn't have anyone last year and Peyton was just at Hopcat eating his burgers the whole time. And, uh, this is what happens with, with Pierre, <laughs> with Pierre. That's right. Have you had the Peyton Thorn burger? Every time I go to Hopcat, I, I was going to say it's pretty good. He did well with that. I don't know the, if he picked it out or not, but the man knows what he's doing with a pretzel bun and uh, <laughs> and some bacon. I'll say that. I like to think that he's actually in the back, and every time someone orders his burger, he's like run down to the Hopcat and like fix it up real quick. He runs um, down from Spartan Stadium where he up. lives down to. Yep. There's a zip line. I think you can kind of <laughs> see it, uh, it, it on certain days. If you're at the graduate, sure. you can see it for sure. Um, so that, that's my position on this, Jonesy. What you got? I so I I, I do think there's a, a handful of things that play here, and not the least of which is the offensive line. Um, and that's not just as it relates to Peyton Thorne getting protection; it's also his run game. We ended up seeing towards the back half of the year actually an okay run game not no one was breaking off a home run but it was a serviceable run game that like had to be respected because it could move the ball the problem is that <laughs> the season was shot Peyton Thorne's confidence was 
I think in the trash and um, I think he hated himself more than we all hated him. And I am that said it was it wasn't just it, it, the it was the decision making that was consistent through like it, an inability to uh, target a receiver correctly and then when he did it was throwing into multiple layers of coverage well, he assured us um game after game after game that those were correctable issues and that he understood what needed to be done yeah. and was on top of them so that my my concern about peyton is that you know having kenneth walker does it's not it's not anthony russo it's kenneth walker covers up for a lot when you have a bona fide stud who can compete for rookie of the year in the nfl immediately like and won I, the walter camp i mean the, the preeminent the award preeminent award football. everyone knows that's the award you have to care about so uh, you know if Berger, if carter if uh if the the trio of running backs we have now can replicate a meaningful running threat then i then I think Peyton Corn is a fine quarterback. But the notion that he's ever going to be elite, I think we got to dispose of that. And that's okay. Like, but, so it's a matter of can Kate and Hauser, if Noah Kim, who, by the way, looks like a gamer. Like, I, let's not sleep on Noah Kim. Listeners should know that that, like, you can be serviceable even though you'll never be elite speech is one that jonesy also gives me before every podcast about my performance uh for the day so um listeners will know that like it can be effective sometimes but also there can be some real stinkers in there too still um but you know we get through it okay so moving on from our michigan state football kind of schedule review. I want to talk and take a look around Big Ten football in general. I'm going to give some information, just background tidbits about all of the Big Ten coaches, and then we're going to kind of debate a little bit about what we think each coach would do if they didn't coach football based on their looks and kind of some of these facts. First thing I want to say is I've looked all these guys on the internet and I've seen them on TV before. All of them could be high school history teachers. We're just going to take that off the list right now because as I was typing up our little preview document, I'm like, oh, he could be a history teacher. teacher. He could be a history History teacher. And then I realized, you know, all of them could be. So that one's off the table because. Is that a reference to Antonio saying that he would have been a English teacher if he couldn't be a football coach? No, I didn't know that about him. I think he that's where some of his like literary references that Mm. he would make came from. I don't know if I picture him as an English teacher, more of a history teacher. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you on that, actually. Yeah. Okay, so let's start. Um, I want to start it off with Jim Harbaugh. Coach at Michigan, of course, we all know. He's in his eighth season at Michigan. He's coached in college and at the NFL level um, with the 49ers. Mm -hmm. He played quarterback in college. Uh, He's currently 59 years old, and this other point that I have that I already said. So what job would you think that he would do if he didn't coach football? Purely based off his looks, maybe. So I'm going to go a little bit away from that. I'm going to go off of his personality. And there is a concept uh, in people that I know, both personally and at work, where I wonder, like, 
if I know them personally, like some of them is like, what do you like at work? Like, how do you function at work? And some of the people that I work with, it's like, what do you like in real life? Like, do people choose to be around you? Like what, who do you just sit at home alone? Jim Harbaugh strikes me as the type of guy that's like, imagine being in an office with Jim Harbaugh and he comes into a meeting and he says something like, if worms had machine guns and birds wouldn't be afraid of them or something like, like it seems like he wouldn't be able to function in society other than as a football coach. Is that like, what do you guys think about that? That idea? I, I assume he's probably jumping around temp gig to temp gig, real back office skill set. You know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely not customer facing. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's, Definitely not customer facing. He's like, he's like the guy behind the guy in an FP&A role. Like he's doing numbers for sure, and not really important numbers. Um, or I'll give the guy credit. He might will himself into a sales role. Like he might be one of those people that just like technical sales, right? Memorizes the product front to back and is insufferable or used car sales. I, I worry, I worry about giving that answer because I think, that can be a repeat answer for a great number yeah. of these people. There's a lot of dudes here slapping the hoods of cars telling us how much <laughs> yes. fit them. <laughs> right. Something I thought about Jim Harbaugh was like he works in an office and the office dress code is casual, but he always wears his khakis and like his belt with his shirt tucked in. And everyone's like, why is that guy always like so dressed up? And why is his shirt tucked in so tight? He's kind of like the office weirdo. That's kind of what I imagine from Jim Harbaugh. I don't know exactly what he does, but he's that definitely that guy. It might be a Milton situation from Office Space. Maybe he doesn't do anything, and they meant to get rid of him years ago. Um, I can see that happening, too. Real middle management situation we got here. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Middle management. Okay, Jim Harbaugh, if he wasn't a football coach, he'd do something, but not very well. <laughs> okay, Indeed. Ryan Day from Ohio State. He's in, a fourth, in his fourth season um, at OSU. He's coached in college and at the NFL level. Um, he played for New Hampshire, quarterback and linebacker, and he's 44 years old. What are your On thoughts? our podcast, uh, I'm borrowing a bit from our third wheel, Alex Plum, um, about how wide set Ryan Day's eyebrows are. Um, and I'm not sure how that benefits you professionally, but if there is a role where having the widest possible set eyebrows lets you get ahead, he would be the top tier of that field, whatever that is. So um, I don't know if that's like uh, modeling, but for like off, like maybe like a tease with like, uh, t-shirts with like uh, you know like like kind of like I farted on them or something like that um, that that's my idea probably for Ryan Day Jonesy what do you think I think he failed out of the Douglas J. Aveda Institute for uh, his overplugged. ability to <laughs> overplugged and then found himself 
uh, being a beautician for a mortician. And so does does eyebrows uh, post-mortem. That is his role. and Because you can overpluck and there's nothing you can do about it. I don't know. It. Some of those open casket situations, like... I mean, people never really look like how you knew them when they were alive in those caskets, and that's probably because Ryan Day got to them. Um, it's only a reasonable explanation. What do you think, Sydney? So something that I've always thought about him is no way his beard is that dark. He definitely uses like that touch of gray stuff. So I think he would work for that company as a as a beard model. I don't know that for sure, but his beard has to be colored in because it's so dark all the time. That man has to have a gray hair occasionally. I don't know, but I've always thought that about him. Something's off about his beard. Something is off about his beard. Sure. <laughs> he holds secrets in there. Okay, next up, I want to move on to Wisconsin with our, their brand new coach, Luke Fickle. Um, obviously, this will be his first season. Um, he's coached in college, no NFL experience. Um, he played at Ohio State, nose guard, and then he played in the NFL for the Saints, but he um, tore his ACL right away in the first season, and then that career was over. He's 49 years old. That's all I have about him. What are your thoughts on Luke? Uh, Foot Locker, sales rep. Yeah, could be that. Or, Sydney, you know how you said all these guys could be history teachers? This guy's like a like a homeschool teacher. Like he kept man, his wife goes to work and he, he you know does the one room schoolhouse with his like fifteen kids or whatever it is. Um so maybe some footlocker on the side. She comes home, he goes to the mall, uh brings in the beer money. I don't know. Uh and then also at Footlocker, you probably get a pretty good uh employee discount for all those kids. It works out. It's a perfect gig. Real win. I, I didn't know he had that many kids. Is that true? I'm exaggerating slightly. Okay. But I do think mm -hmm. it's like seven. Obviously not 15, but I didn't <laughs> Nine, know that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a handful wow. of children. Nine. That's more than a handful. That's, I don't want to say too many, but that's a lot. It's a brood. That's for yeah. sure. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, would, I could see him. Isn't it at Foot Locker where they wear like the referee shirt? Yeah, he definitely say that again. Six kids. I just googled. It. Oh, six, six kids. kids. Yeah, that's a lot. Less than nine, but still, wow. Yeah, two sets of twins. Oh my god! Oh, see, that's how you start racking it up. Mm. Yeah, but I think after you have the first set, you're like, I'm good. Here. You're just like, we're done. <laughs> top. Let's uh, let's put a top on this thing. It's over. Uh... Not Luke. Not my man. Not not Fick. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, that's kind of – I didn't really have an opinion about him. I don't really know much about him since he's coming to the um, Big Ten for the first time this year. So I agree with those assessments, and I learned something new about him. <laughs> I, I didn't have an opinion. He kind of struck me as a, uh, I don't know. Okay, moving on to Penn State, um, James Franklin. He's in his 13th season. Um, something I didn't know about him, he's had lots of different jobs being specific position coaches at different schools, and he was a Danish football federation coach for a while. Of course. Of course. I don't know. But, um, he, uh, let's see, did coach in the NFL for a little while and played quarterback at UPenn. What are your thoughts on James? 
this is the used car salesman or no no herbalife (laughs) reseller oh yeah oh yeah for sure who definitely goes to tony robbins seminars on the side yes he's he's got like the punch card and it is full of (laughs) that is it that like there's no there's nothing else to be said about this uh you nailed it so Honestly. more so than more so than any of these other guys, <laughs> he strikes me as a jerk. Like, I just I don't know what about him. Maybe it's maybe <laughs> maybe it's his bald head. But I don't want to say that because Mel Tucker's also bald and he doesn't strike me as a jerk. But I just think this guy's this guy's a meanie. I don't know what about him, but and I don't know what job that categorizes him in. But I just don't think he's very nice. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I think if he was a basketball coach, like basketball coaches mm. get away more with complaining about things, but fo- the football culture is always like, it is what it is. Like we could have done more. It's no one else's fault, but our own. And he complains about things. Like he seems soft as the kids say, like I, he's the worst. He's soft, except for they do all their press. Don't they make all their press conferences outside? Or maybe that's just their visitors. All those press conferences are outside, even in the snow. So maybe it's just he is a jerk and he makes his visitors stand outside. I don't that's think nice. theirs are outside. I don't know. But well, we're gonna, we're gonna, our next one has a locker room that is misogynistic it's at its pink. core. So <laughs> okay, next up we have Kirk uh, Ferentz. I think that's how you say it, Ference, uh, from Iowa. He's been there since I was born in 1999, his 25th year. Um, He's been the head coach at Maine first, and then he came to Iowa. He was in the NFL briefly. Um, He played linebacker at Connecticut, um, and he is our oldest uh, Big Ten football coach. What are your opinions on him? I think if it wasn't for football, Kirk Ference would be dead. I think that if he wasn't a coach, he would have expired by now. Um, I think that uh, parts of him might be dead already. Um, and there there just wouldn't be a career if it wasn't for football. Um, this is the meanest thing I've said so far. Johnson, can you save us from this? Uh, so assuming he's not dead, which, fair. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say country club manager who doesn't look too favorably on people who don't look like him oh joining the the country club clientele uh augusta aspirational we might say (laughs) and there's lawsuits to back it up yeah yeah, there's evidence to suggest that this is true I'm looking at some pictures of him. There's he has never smiled in his life. Mm-hmm. They're all a frown. Oh, there's one. But it seems probably unnatural. Yeah, it's fake. Enforced. I don't know. Yeah. It's a um, it's a it's a deep fake or yeah. it's, uh, it's <laughs> yeah, one of yeah. those AI generated uh, You got to find something. <laughs> Maybe the used car salesman actually fits for him because nepotism needs to come easily to him in his role mm-hmm. and obviously he's let Brian Ferentz coach there for Yeah far longer than he should uh so maybe passing the mm-hmm, a family a business situation along mm-hmm. uh, going on here yeah i could see that 
any I'm trying to think of a different sort of family business that he could pass down that's not car salesman like um I don't know small construction company yes that's right that's right mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. correct like a family contractor type thing yep yep yeah. I could I see, see that. that and his son is always there and the customers are like why is your son here he's terrible but He'll, the dad will never take the hint. He's trying to hand down the, the business, mm-hmm. but the son just sucks at it. Yeah, but like, yeah. There's no other options. Like, what else mm-hmm. are we going to do? Just <laughs> fold the place? It's got to be him. He'll learn eventually. Okay. Uh, Bert's up next, right? Yeah, we yeah. got Bert. I've been waiting <laughs> for this one. <laughs> so, uh, Illinois coach, is it? It's not Bert. It's well, Brett. they call him Bert on the. They do. I didn't know that. Okay, Brett Belima, right? Belima. 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 Sorry, sorry. I looked that up beforehand and I still messed it up. Um, he's in his third season. Uh, he's coached obviously at Wisconsin and now and Arkansas and now Illinois. Um, he was in the NFL briefly. Um, he walked on at Iowa as a defensive lineman, and then in his senior year, he ended as team captain. So. Something to Real be said for his leadership. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he played one year in the AFL. That sounds right. <laughs> what are your opinions on him? You go first, Jesse. Uh, I feel like I want to give Bert some credit here. Bert is a real entrepreneur who strikes out on his own. But uh, we've talked about this on our podcast that uh, Bert has a real boat person vibe to him and you know as michiganders the people who are a little too into their boat um that it it becomes their identity definitely has a salt life if he was on the east coast anyway a salt life uh like bumper bumper sticker sticker. and sign in his like foyer at his house well so i think bert's uh house is actually on the property of his job which is to say that he's running a koa um where he can show off his jeep and rv prominently with his boat wow i think i think burke has franchised a koa that is a deep cut man (laughs) uh i don't think Bert has a job or maybe he does what jonesy was saying in like for his day job but on weekends you know how this doesn't happen anymore, but there used to be the, the dead tour. People would follow the Grateful Dead all over the country. Yes. I think Bert does that, but for the insane clown posse. He's a juggalo on the road, <laughs> full face paint. I think you say Dave Matthews band. Hanging out, hanging out in ICP uh, uh, parking lots, exchanging tapes of uh bootleg copies of various icp live shows just spraying fago everywhere all the time um so it, both of these things can be true the, the, the beautiful thing about bert is you can have all of this together sydney is there anything when you when you looked at bert's background that, that stuck out to you uh, I just thought he looks like in high school, like you'd go over to someone's house and he's their dad and he's just not nice. And he's, he's kind of a, 
a large person and he yeah. just kind of is rude and gruff and that's what I imagine he would be like you know you're on his daughter's soccer team you go over to their to their house you just lost a game and he's in your crap about what you could have done better and kind of like he's like you should review the film let's go in the living room right now girl sit down on the couch like he seems like that type of guy I don't know that feels actually pretty accurate. <laughs> the thing is, all of these three scenarios can coexist. I think maybe we just know who Bert is. He brought you into the RV. You can't escape the film room section because right. it's not that large. And then he says, I'm going to put some backtrack ICP on this. <laughs> Next time to psych yourself up for the match, I want you to listen to some ICP. Ninja. <laughs> Uh, he's actually a close personal friend of all of ours, and we know that that's true. So we're just relaying that information. Okay, moving on, we have Nebraska's coach, Matt Rule. He's in his first season at Nebraska. He played linebacker at Penn State, didn't play in the NFL. He's 48 years old, and he was a head coach in the NFL for the Panthers. He's a new, kind of a new guy on the block. I didn't know much about him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't have anything for Matt Rule. I have no notes right now. So if I told you that Matt Rule was also an emoji enthusiast, <laughs> would that change your opinion? Um, because during transfer portal season, all he did was tweet emojis to indicate his displeasure with uh, tampering. Yeah, but some of them had some heat, and I kind of liked that. Uh so I, I'm going to go ahead and say that Matt Rule finds his way into a social media influence. Like, if I have to pick a job, Matt Rule spends his time on Twitter and Instagram, and that's he finds a way to be a YouTuber or some other nonsense. I actually don't have anything bad to say about Matt Rule. He seems like an okay guy. Yeah, we'll, we'll get this over time. Um, but for right now, Matt Rule escapes our ire. But we'll learn. Yeah. I hope it works out for him. I honestly, I kind of feel sad for Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and they were such a large program for such a long time. Um, and then obviously in recent years, they haven't been that. So it was an exciting hire. And I watched a couple of videos just to learn a little bit about him before this episode. And everyone, as far as Nebraska media or, you know, Nebraska fans, seem excited about the hire. So. What more could you I'd want, be excited I guess, in that if we sense. hired him. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> he was a very successful college coach. Mm -hmm. I'd be elated. Yeah, definitely. Um, only thing I only thing I thought about him was he he kind of looks like he would be a car salesman. Oh. I don't know if it's his head shape. Not that car salesmen have a specific head shape, but he just has that has that look. I don't know. That's right. I don't know, but okay, let's move on. PJ Fleck, um, coached at Minnesota for six years. Is that mm -hmm. right? Sounds okay. right. It's about that. Um, yeah, I guess it would be. He's 42 years old. He played wide receiver at Northern Illinois. He actually owns the record at that school for career punt returns, which is something I didn't know. Um, and then he coached at Western Michigan for a while and then transferred over to Minnesota. Any thoughts about PJ? If ever someone could replace Tony Robbins, it is PJ Fleck. Uh, <laughs> absolutely hollow, nonsense, BS. It's him. Though I do think if anyone watches PJ Fleck on the sideline, he is in a uniform in a way that is uncomfortable. Like all of them have to wear gear 
But the way PJ does it, it is I'm going to make you uncomfortable around your children sort of way. So I think PJ uh, has to have a job that is in uniform. And I I think cruise boats. I think he works on cruises. I was going to go drill instructor uh, with mine. Uh, okay. Probably based off that uniform thing. But I do wonder if maybe he's one of those like drill instructors that his men shoot at some point. Um, <laughs> On accident. There's no transfer portal in the Marines, so there's only one way out. Uh, My question for you is, how many pairs of maroon pants do you think he owns? Every single one in existence. They own, <laughs> maroon pants only exist at PJ Flex House. If you make a new pair of maroon pants, they go through PJ Flex first mm -hmm. and then release to the masses. That was something, as I was looking at pictures of him, wow, every outfit he has made work with a maroon set of pants and i didn't know that was possible i'm i'm not saying that i dislike it because he pulls it off okay for maroon but it's a little bit over the top yeah but he sometimes looks like i think someone once on twitter called him a churro salesman <laughs> i really <laughs> liked that uh he like he feels like he works at a theme park or something but you could also see him sort of being theme park adjacent and selling you a timeshare <laughs> like a used car salesman is is honest work he doesn't do honest work it is a timeshare you are locked in there and it is uncomfortable it you know in in succession when roman has to go through the like uh the leadership training at the theme park pj Flyers is running that training He kind of has a weird smile. Like, there's something behind it that makes me like, hmm, what are you up to? I don't know. There's something going on. And the whole row the boat thing, give it up, man. It's over. I don't know. Let's not throw stones at people who carry <laughs> trademarks from one place to another. I guess, I guess. <laughs> okay, moving on. I want to talk about Pat Fitzgerald uh, from Northwestern. He's in his nice. 18th season there. He looks really good in purple. Um, he's 48 years old. He actually played linebacker at Northwestern. He did. Big Ten played champions. briefly for the Cowboys. Um, most of these I'm saying played briefly because they didn't last very long in the NFL. Um, and then he has only coached in college, no NFL experience. What are your thoughts on Pat? Pat's in a job, right, that doesn't expect success. And then he achieves some modicum of it. Am I wrong? And then he coasts. Am I Pat Fitzgerald? <laughs> Look, just because you very help him, deeply mediocre output that just sort of coasts off of like one or two things that I may have achieved at one point or another, I'm feeling attacked right now, <laughs> Michael. So you're saying he's a sales engineer? Yes, I am saying that. <laughs> I have no notes for Pat. I like Pat. I think Pat's my favorite Big Ten coach. Save Tuck, of course. I like Mike Laxley too, who I think we're going to talk about in a second. But mm -hmm. I, I have, other than he can't. I here's the thing about Pat Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald that if anyone was paying attention, and I would say this about every single Big Ten West coach, there is no excuse for you to not be dominant. Mm 
So the fact that, and, and frankly, the fact that Pat Fitzgerald has found success there is an indictment on every other Big Ten coach in the West. P.J. Fleck, Kirk Ferentz, uh, Burt. Burt's not been there long enough, but it, Pat is the mirror that they all ought to hold up to themselves. I mean, if we're talking about mediocrity, Loxley, just to bridge over to that one, um, losing record in four seasons at but he's uh, so electric at the beginning of the season yeah it's a real john l situation we've got and hey he he just finished winning the duke's mayo bowl so everything is sort of on that upswing right now uh i'm sorry cindy we skipped we skipped your notes on um on fits no i don't really i don't Fitz is a personal trainer if he's doing something else, it's a personal trainer. <laughs> Only thing I saw was there's a picture of him, and I think it's from a while ago, where he has like a sunglasses tan line over here. And that just reminds me of like a high school football coach that takes things way too seriously because they're always out, you know, writing up new plays on the practice field and they just get those giant sunglass tan lines on the side. And it just, that's just what it made me think of. But I really didn't have much that came up for him either. He seems, although like, uh, he hasn't produced a lot. I think Northwestern fans really like him. I mean, they have a nickname for him and all of those things. So he seems like an okay guy to me. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to Mike uh, Loxley. We kind of touched on him a little bit briefly. Uh, coach at Maryland, uh, winner of the Duke Duke's Mayo Bowl, which is, I mean, in my opinion, career peak. That's been not really where can, you can go up from there. Um <laughs> He's actually in his 15th year of coaching at Maryland. He's been there three separate times, so that's kind of all-encompassing. Sorry, my dog's barking. But um, he's 53 years old, and he played safety and cornerback, and he's only ever coached in college. But most recently, he coached under Nick Saban at Alabama. That's Towson University. That's, a, uh, that's an East Coast elite university over mm-hmm. here. Um, I, like, I like him. He's fine. I, I uh, the sad thing is, I think if he wasn't coaching football, he's a fine individual contributor in some boring aspect of a corporate world. Yeah, just somewhere, like somewhere in the in the middle. There probably has a nice gets, team. You know, he gets excited about a meeting, right? Because it's something different. But I think he's also determined that. Like those career aspirations are not the most important thing in his life. You know, he's got wife and he's got kids. He's got different priorities than he did when he was a young man. And he's happy to just sort of help young people kind of advance in their career from where he's at. Yeah, he's a mentor. He's a mentor. And he is also really good at keeping Maryland where it belongs at about 500. And I like <laughs> that about him. <laughs> Okay, here's a question. What do you think his hobbies are? Mike Loxley builds boats and models. That, but, I yes. I, I was I was with you. <laughs> I didn't say yes. If if not that, then woodworking. He has Oh, a wood, it could be woodworking too. But it's it's not like building big pieces of furniture. It's the lathe. It's like yeah, it's only the lathe. Yeah. He only does the, the legs to tables. That's mm-hmm. all he does. Mm-hmm. 
I would say like additional like additionally to that, he never finish finishes his projects. He's always just down in the basement doing his woodworking and everyone's always wondering like what is he making? He's never made a thing. He just likes, you know, tinkers. The process of it all. Yeah, he tinkers. Yeah, he looks like a tinkerer. I actually think he looks like a really nice guy. Like, I don't know. If you called him up and you're like, Oh, hey Mike. I got a flat tire. He would come and save you off the side of the road. He just or looks like that type of guy. I need a letter of rec. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Happy to yeah. write it. Happy to write it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need you to keep Maryland at 500. He'd be like, done. Got it. I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> Needs to be validated. I just and appreciate it. Just come take our recruits. No big deal. It's fine. He's not getting it from the administration. Yeah. So. Okay. Moving on to Greg Schiano. Um <laughs> At Rutgers, he's in his 14th year overall, and then his this is his third season coming back. Uh, he's 56 years old, played linebacker at Bucknell, and he started playing or he started uh, coaching high school for a while, and then moved up to both college and the NFL. Thoughts on Greg? Greg Shianu is a prison foreman who's known among the inmates as the one willing to look the other way on stuff. I was going to say, Greg Schiano is also on the motivational speaker tour, but only to sales reps. He does sales-specific motivational speaking. You have to be a real piece of work and keep chopping, baby. He does the discount version of the the Wolf on Wall Street. Yes. Um, Not that level of achievement where for people you know if you're not paying direct attention to the line that was in air quotes achievement for the wolf on wall street but he's much lower than that um unscrupulous is what all of this has in common (laughs) what do you got sydney i just thought maybe like vice principal that takes things too seriously that that sounds right i don't know You've said that that sounded right for everything that I've said, so I feel like you're just lying to me now. But I'll take <laughs> no, it on nonetheless. <laughs> she's got she she started taking notes. She found that you had a tell, Josie, and then she started no. There's no. So I word. was reminded of when we were juniors in high school. Um, my junior year, uh, there was a senior prank that happened where uh, people. This is like pre meaningful Photoshop, but photoshopped all of the principals and, and vice principals um, hanging out naked at a, like a stream uh, and drop these leaflets through the entire school. And like two vice principals actually found that, saw the humor in, in what had happened and then one didn't. And that is Greg Schiano. Like it was a, actually a really good senior prank. It was funny. Haha, this was fun. But Greg didn't. Greg's not. He's not. He's nonplussed. He's in the hallway picking them up and shoving them into a trash bag and yelling at people to get to class. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that's that's why that's why I validated what you were saying. I was like, I can see that. Thank you for following that up with a. You know, that was quick. You thought on your feet there. You made that whole story up, but I appreciate it. Uh, I will say that sounds right this next time, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. Next time around. <laughs> okay. Next up, we have Tom Allen um, from Indiana. This is his seventh season. He's 53 years old. 
I didn't know this about him. He coached at the high school level from 1992 to 2006, so quite a while, mm. um, longer than any of these other guys. Um, then moved on to both the NFL and college. And in college, I, I guess I didn't find where he went to college, but he participated in both football and wrestling. So a dual sport athlete, Tom Allen. <laughs> Any thoughts on his career? The only personality trait I know about Tom Allen is that he is overly uh, enthusiastic about everything. So like children's party clown is what I've got uh really excited about his new balloon animal routine that he just came up with over the course of the week can't wait to try it out at at danny's fifth birthday on sunday afternoon um i sydney what do you have for this i'm gonna say it sounds right no matter what it is i'm gonna actually say i don't have any notes on him i couldn't really think of anything he just looks kind of like a nice grandpa i don't know (laughs) i don't know and i don't know mike what do you say well so for those who don't know tom allen has gotten hurt a number of times in celebratory acts yeah like uh headbutting someone with a helmet on in celebration he split his head open and um so i think tom allen is on the bmx circuit chasing opportunity to get into the x games or is like doing backyard wrestling like hoping that you know uh wwe picks him up he's he's holding on to that old wrestling career can't quite give it up still in his 50s like still chasing that dream (laughs) he doesn't strike me as a wrestler i'll just go the opposite direction that you usually go and say i disagree with that take Yes, mixing it up. <laughs> Sydney, this has been fun. Uh it's uh I'll talk to you later. <laughs> okay, I do anything else about Tom or can we move to the I next? spent most of this time actually finding out who Brian Walter is, who's our <laughs> next coach. He is uh he's a uh Drew Brees enthusiast. That's hmm. all I know about him. Interesting. Okay, so Ryan Walter, coach at Purdue. This is his first season, or will be his first season. Um, This is his first head coaching position. Uh, He's 37 years old, so he's our youngest in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. And when he went to play at Colorado State, he started at quarterback but was moved to safety. What are your thoughts on Ryan? Here's what I know about Ryan Walter. Worked for Burt. Keep that in mind. Yes, that's important. And also, when you go to his Wikipedia page, the photo, his headshot photo, is clearly taken from a picture of something else entirely. And he's pixelated and clearly was in the background of his own Wikipedia photo. That's how important Ryan Walter is right now. Maybe he'll become one of the greatest head coaches of all time. But right now, his Wikipedia page is taken from the background of another photo of another subject entirely. Um, that's all I have on Ryan Walter. Sydney, you know more about Ryan Walter than anyone on the planet because you put four bullet points together on him. Uh, what came to mind for you? Yeah, I didn't really know much about him. I kind of just skimmed the internet. 
I don't know. This is crazy. He looks to me like he would coach baseball and not football. Mm, wrong sport. Wrong but sport I don't guy. know. I don't have a reason to say that that's why. But um, I don't know. He just looks like a baseball coach to me. Okay. I'm on board. It makes Thank sense. you for saying that. I appreciate the response. <laughs> that's right. Mike, any notes about on. Ryan? No. No, no notes. Nobody knows. So we'll do this next year after he's had a little bit of time, and then we'll know what his other career should be. He's Purdue's coach, so we still don't know anything about him. (laughs) That's true. That's true. (laughs) Okay, moving on. And I don't want to say, you know, best for last, because that would mean that I'm biased. And I'm not biased. You know, I'm a journalist. But best for last, Mel Tucker. Mm -hmm. Um, He's heading into his fourth year at MSU. He's 51 years old. He has um, college and NFL coaching experience. He played defensive back at Wisconsin. And then he went to play for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, the Canadian in the Canadian Football League. But then he got the chicken pox and was released. That's what happened. This happens to so many uh, professional football players. Yeah, right, right. The epidemic of chicken pox. Chicken pox has struck down so many of our our most greatest athletes. Uh, football players. I had no. I said I told you this before we started rolling. I had no idea he played for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, which is, and this is true. For those pay attention to the to the clip right now. My Canadian football team. I just produced a Hamilton Tiger Cats T-shirt out of nowhere. So, uh, this is very exciting uh, development for me. You love Mel even more. Yep. Uh, Jonesy, what do you think about this? I. Look, uh, I I think his wife is an attorney, if I recall correctly. Could be. Um, I think Mel is an overly intense primary caregiver. And I think he's a stay-at-home dad. I think he's raising his kids. And I think he is insufferable as it relates to their sports and grades performance. Uh, and all of the mantras, they don't die with his coaching career. They stay at home. He's chopping um, every day. Chopping. Yeah, I, I mean, there's something about like him chasing his kids out to the bus with the keep chopping motion that like bus is driving away. He's just doing it silently, <laughs> and the other kids are like, "What's your dad doing?" And they're just like, "Don't look at my dad, please." It's so embarrassing. And then maybe you know when time progresses. He's an early investor on a variety of NFTs without fully understanding what's happening there. Just sort of signs up and then... And he gets rugged. (laughs) (laughs) That's... I'm going in an entirely different direction with this. As those of us that have followed uh, Mel Tucker and his social media from the beginning, Mm. we well know that Mel in his free time is a birder, bird watcher. And I think he embraces that fully and is a world-renowned ornithologist, if not for football. What's the what's the bird magazine? Bird bird, bird scholarly no, bird. It's a, oh. Ornithology quarterly. Science. There's a bird watchers? Like what do you want? Yeah. No, there's one that's like 
a really popular one. Are you going back to those like you already mentioned your high school days? Like your when you were selling magazines and you were always looking at them and you were like, oh god, Bird magazine, who would buy this? Mel Tucker. That's who. <sighs> well, she. I actually well, didn't. I didn't know that about Mel that he was a bird watcher. Look at us. We've exchanged <laughs> Melisms here today. <laughs> I think he's probably the coolest bird watcher ever. Mm-hmm. Just he's Abu out Don. there in the. Not Abu Don. Everyone needed to know this. This is a. I'm going to drop it in the chat later for people to know. <laughs> put put a link in the show notes, Sydney, so people. Can I'm going to reach out to them and see if they can sponsor me. So that would yeah! be my first. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really have notes for Mel. I thought like. He's kind of maybe like a personal trainer that yells a little too much at like um, middle-aged moms that are just trying to get back in shape. And he's but a little bit too intense. Like, yeah, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. Of course, that's why they sign up for it. Mm-hmm. But then he's screaming at them while they're doing push-ups and it just gets a little too intense. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. Who's to say? Yeah. Did you see, Sydney, how this time he resisted the urge? Mm-hmm. That's right. Both That's of right. you. Both of he you said about, nothing, and I was like, oh, okay. Was about, I was waiting <laughs> for him to say good, that. It doesn't feel good, does it? He <laughs> doesn't was, feel good. He was winding up for it, but then he, he didn't have the I heard the deep so. breath and then slapped his hand over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He kept it in. I think all of these are potential multiversal Mel Tuckers. For sure. Oh, of course. Of course. So that kind of completes our rundown of Big Ten coaches. Our last little tidbit here, I want to do a little bit of a fake combine sort of deal with these Big Ten coaches. And I want to decide who would be the best at each of these events. So we have the 40-yard dash, bench press, vertical jump, the three-cone drill, and then the broad jump. I want to pick just one coach for each. Based off age, skill, looks, whatever you think, who would be best at each of these events? Well, I think I actually set the 40-yard dash time running away from Brett Bielema as fast as humanly possible. So Brett himself obviously is not setting this record, but I do just off of just like fight or flight to get away from him as quickly as possible. Um, I think PJ for 40 yard yeah, because God knows he is going to run away from Minnesota as fast as someone offers him money anywhere else. Uh, and he has been practicing. He is literally going to run away. Will he leave the maroon pants there or take them with him? But just like row the boat, they it weigh all him down. comes with him. Wherever <laughs> he goes. Okay. So PJ Fleck is winning our 40 yard dash. Um, Bench press. Who wins this? I think it's Harbaugh. And here's why. Because mm. he can't resist an opportunity to show himself lifting weights at a high school gym. Uh, it is uncomfortable for everyone else to watch. But he would, in, uh, he would ensure he skips every leg day just to win this one. Does he do it in his khakis? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But Good. with no shirt yeah. on. Of course. Of course. To make but- us all... Very uncomfortable. <laughs> is he wearing a white tee? No, he's not wearing a white tee. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, we'll let Harbaugh win the bench press. Um, vertical jump. Who wins that? Hmm. 
Um, <laughs> let's say that. I mean, none of these guys look like they can propel themselves <laughs> I from the ground. James very fast. Franklin because he jumps up and down throwing temper tantrums. Oh, mm-hmm. that's good. That's good. I like that. Um. I was looking for someone that needs to do backflips or something like that, but none of the like truly. I'm gonna go with with James Franklin on that. I like that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's God, the best. Dodge those snowballs. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Okay, the three cone drill. Which again, this is another one that I'm like, I don't know who would win this. Well, this is where Ryan Day's uh, wide set eyebrows come back in because he's mm. already they're set so wide that he's already basically the length Touching. of the cones mm. and he can just sort of like just kind of lean back and forth and have gone from cone to cone to cone because of how wide those eyebrows are and he's um, also a tennis and enthu- tennis enthusiast too i think he we on that pickleball now come on pickleball yeah come Probably, on as he gets older he'll get, get with it ryan day pickleball <laughs> is is it now yeah, okay. I'll I'll get behind that. Ryan Day wins the three cone drill. Last one, the broad jump. Who out of these fine men can jump the farthest? Um, well, it's not <laughs> Mike Loxley. Uh he's jumping very close to right around where I would expect right uh, keeping Maryland 500. Um Is it is it Mel Tucker? Because he's got to have the biggest jump of everyone this season. That's, right yeah. <laughs> I mean, he certainly had the biggest jump in compensation, so. That is true. <laughs> Other fan bases aren't allowed to reference the, competi- the, the compensation, but we can do it. It's yeah. fair for us. <laughs> I just don't think any of these other guys can do it at all. Like, Maybe, maybe uh, Ryan Walter, just because he's the youngest, but I don't also know him. Also, back to PJ Fleck, again, <laughs> running and jumping out of town as fast as he can, but um, I'm going to go with Mel. I think that's right. I think that's I the like right it. answer. I really think, like, if this was real, Mel would, would actually kick some serious butt in some of these other things, but that's just because I'm completely biased, but... um. I feel like he could definitely bench press 225 pounds. I don't know that. He just looks like someone who could. I think Harbaugh could never bench that much. But I'll honor your decision because you're my guests and that's what I should do. <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, that's right. That, that's yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, anything else that you guys want to talk about as far as MSU athletics at all? No. no, this has been a blast. Sydney, thank yeah. you so much for having us and, and for all of your preparedness. I know no one else will be able to appreciate this. Maybe you should publish your <laughs> length, your incredibly detailed outline in addition to the episode so that people have like a companion piece. Um, Maybe I should. But this has been great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And I just want to say this episode will be posted video and audio. So check us out on YouTube and anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Check out the Spartans Illustrated site for more um, MSU athletics news. We pretty much cover everything over there. And thanks so much for listening. Bye.